Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday night, so you know what that means. This is Wrestling Chat with Friends. I am your host, Cheats. Joining me, as always, on this side of the ledger is my good friend, EJ the Collector. EJ, how you feeling tonight? I am here. I am present. I'm accounted for, and I'm accountable, and I'm feeling good on this Thursday. I got my son behind me playing a little WWE 2K23, as he has been doing the last few weeks. He wants a little bit of screen time, so we're going to give it to him. But I'm feeling good. I'm ready to talk some AEW. Let's do Collector's Choice first. Speaking yeah. of AEW, some things came in. They were on sale. I was kind of looking at my back wall, looking at my side wall, seeing, do I have any gaps i got to fill in? And comparing those prices, I always go through ringsidecollectibles.com. They're a great website. Not a sponsor, but a favorite of mine. So from series, favorite of mine, too. So from Series 6 of Unmatched, which was their second, line of toys they have unrivaled first and they have they're on series 13 of that which uh, comes out in january i've made some uh, picks from there already and with unmatched they're on series eight which they've announced have not shipped yet but from series six i picked up ortiz ah in a big storyline right now it is Probably and one of, his, one of his best his tag team partner former tag team partner santana who is starting his return back to AEW after being out for a long time. This is when they were attacking. I think they did a uh, Blood and Guts. Yeah, they did like a either Blood and Guts Stadium Stampede something in the in the in that that outfit. Yes. That yeah. Car. So they made some figures for that and a big announcement. Been waiting. Been talking about it for months. Been waiting for it for months. Finally came in from the previously mentioned Unrivaled Series Thirteen. The only figure as of now that I've bought from their latest line, Dan Housen. Dan Housen. This so is what's the, what's the deal with Dan Housen as we know it? What's what's his? He's hurt. What's his? What's his situation? The deal with Dan Housen is that he's hurt. He had a shoulder surgery. He's rehabbing from. Um, there's probably I don't know the reason why he's not being used on television. He certainly can travel because he is out there on the road most weeks doing. He he is. Still, one of AEW's marquee merch movers. Right. On Ringside Collectibles, his figures are always one and two for the week. His t-shirts on AEW.com are among the top always. He's a fan favorite. So I bet he's being used sort of as an ambassador role right now. Not necessarily on behalf of AEW. And I'm speaking for Dan Housen, and I shouldn't. I'll probably I'm get speaking I'll, for Dan Housen. I'll probably, I'll probably get cursed uh, for this, but he is one of my right. favorite people to follow on Twitter. He's out there at Comic Cons, he's doing signings of his toys, and when he's out there, he's promoting AEW. So I'm sure AEW is fine with that. When they have some for him, when he is ready to come back, he will come back. There's no way they're letting go of that guy. He is entertaining, uh, and he he can go in the ring when he's ring ready. And big feature for Dan Housen, obviously. He's very nice. He's very evil. Big fan over here. I'm a huge fan of Dan Housen, and in, in that sense, I think he's funny. Um, Obviously, never been much of a like, you know, gangbuster wrestler. Like he always loses. Uh, but I, I, I do. Um, he's been out for a long time. Yeah, he's been out for a long time. Matter of yeah. fact, he signed with AEW. Hurt basically. Remember? Basically. Yep. Yep. And then he's been like hurt, like basically his whole AEW run. Now again, you don't use Dan Housen for like in ring kind of stuff. But That's he, right. I mean, but he is a wrestler. Like, when he re when he returns to AEW TV, his return will get a pop 
as big as they've had just about because he is that popular with the fans. I think he's extremely popular. I got, we got to figure out what to do with Dan Housen. You mentioned it. Uh, we'll get into a lot of the recap, but since your collector's choice was Ortiz and Santana, very interesting storyline with them two putting them together. It's one of those lines now where I want to ask you, and if you've been following it, you kind of understand, like, are we getting worked as consumers? Or is this kind of like, uh, who was it? it? Was it like, was it like Matt Hardy and Edge? Like, is it like mm-hmm. real beef that t- TK and AEW said, hey, let's, let's make this into who you're going to work for your first feud? So are we getting worked in the sense that Santana and Ortiz really don't like each other because a lot of the promo stuff doesn't really you don't really understand it unless you've been following the tweets and the dirt sheets and understanding like hey it looks like these guys have a real problem like they're not really connected anymore after years of being connected and now it seems like AEW is going to put Santana and Ortiz at least in Santana's first return into kind of a, a feud and it's like, is this is are they feuding because they really get along and this is a work, or are they feuding because AEW is trying to tap into real beef? The feeling I've gotten from this story, and I followed it just from the just mostly online, like most of the dirt sheets have, and most of the fans have if they follow it through Twitter. That after he was injured, this all kind of started through their mutual friend and mentor Conan, who runs a promotion in Mexico. He has a podcast like lots of other wrestlers. He was the first one, I believe, you know, this was like going back six months ago when Santana was already out for a long time that there is, there is heat with these two right now. They're not talking. And that was sort of it for a while. And as Santana was nearing a return, it sort of came back up with, no, they're really, they're not talking. They've got some personal beef. So my belief is that there is, there is legitimate beef. And when Santana was ready, him and Ortiz, possibly through Conan, whatever, they, I think there's a lot of truth spoken in probably Santana's promos about this. What they are both are professionals and they have a, they have a relationship whether they like it or not, yep. because back 20 some odd yep. years. Here's so my, my, my guess is that Tony presented this. I'd like to think Tony presented this carefully to them and either through mediaries or through themselves through Tony Schiavone or through whoever they've agreed to do this. And, you know, maybe through Conan, he's telling them both, Hey, if, if y'all are, y'all are brothers, this will get, this will get y'all back together. You may not see uh, each other on the right side right now, but do this few, to work this program because your boss wants you to, and it'll bring y'all close together. That's what I sort of hope if I'm fantasy booking their friendship is that it gets repaired it's legitimate, but it gets repaired through being pros and working through it. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, that's good. Good. Good as theory as any. I don't I, think. I, really, I don't I think really it's been totally made up from Jump Street. I do not think it was totally made up. Yeah. Conan, Conan dropped. No, I don't believe it's that. Yeah. Um, I believe this does, like a lot of things in wrestling, stem from a, a real situation that professionalism. Solves a lot of things. We've seen we've seen professionalism not followed by a lot of people, both management and talent, over the years and decades of wrestling. Um, 
you know, I don't see this one. I don't think it would have gotten this far already. Are they really, I mean, have they directly been linked to each other for a yep. feud? They have. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, so Santana does his debut. The return of Mike Santana was a debut, uh, I believe, at Arthur S. Stadium. Might have might have aired on the, the Rampage two hours. Yeah. But as soon as he gets a squash match, and it was a squash match, Santana gets the win. This is the reintroduction to wrestling to Mike Santana after he had cut the promos that was like, I'm doing this on my own. Yeah. And, uh, Ortiz is at the top of the apron. That's right. That's right. And yeah. He's like, oh, do you want you you want to talk now? And he walks through. Right. And then Ortiz cuts a promo immediately after that, vignette style. Mm-hmm. Um, that showed, I want to say either on collision, it might have showed on collision um that Saturday, the following Saturday, that said, you know, you're doing what you've always done, running away, you know. Okay, I guess so, I guess so they're building a match with the two of them. Clearly, and probably a Santana's first legitimate kind of comeback feud. Yeah. Um, so they, they, neither one, neither one. I say this because neither one of them were on Dynamite last night. And did this thing? This didn't happen at Collision this past last Saturday. So yeah, they, so they, they, they did skip at, them for a week. So it was, um, well, no, I think it happened the Friday at Grand Slam Rampage hours. Mm-hmm. And then the Ortiz promo was on collision, and that was last Saturday. Last Saturday. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so they skipped you, him this week. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing. One thing about story. One thing about storylines. You, you know, and and I guess with a brand split that's new, is you got to like kind of showcase it every week. You know, even this this early in this is collision still fairly new. Yeah. It's so like, I mean, they've got. Rampage on Friday, Collision on Saturday too. Now again, they're not booked for Wrestle Dream, I don't believe. So right, probably they've, got, right. they've got Collision on Friday. I mean, Rampage on Friday or Collision on Saturday. I hope it winds up on Collision to build that up. Yeah. I mean, the other thing we've got to realize, and we know this about AEW, we harp on it every week. It's either you're kind of in a storyline or you're kind of forgotten. Um, and so Mike uh, Santana. And Ortiz, honestly, have kind of been more looked over. You know, they were in the Jericho Appreciation Society, I believe. And then, but no, who, what, 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 what faction was they in? Were they in? Uh, oh, they were in the faction with. Um, God, there've been so many factions. We're talking to remembering. It was. Was it? It was. It was a Jericho one before Jericho Appreciation. The Pinnacle, or. Okay, it was one. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. It was one of them, but. Um, I say all that to say they really haven't had like a legitimate story. Now Mike's been hurt for a year, but they, they yeah. haven't had a re- legitimate storyline. Um, and if this brings them, if they're like, okay, let's pitch TK this real kind of simmering animosity between the two of us, people will be interested in that. Get them into a feud. Mike, you know, get to Mike Santana's return. Um, then I think, Okay. You know, because it, it is very much, and we've gone way too long on this, but it's uh, it very much is like Santana and Ortiz cuts those kind of gritty Eddie Kingston style promos. Yeah, they do. Like promos that come straight from kind of the indies, and, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it, it has that, it, it has a feel to it that's a little bit different than some of the more polished promos. We'll, we'll get into that. But hey, look, they, they might not find interesting space in AEW, even with three shows and I don't know how many hours, unless they figure this out first. So yeah. maybe this is this is a way to keep them 
in the limelight, and I and like and, and I like them both as wrestlers and personality. So we've we've hardly ever seen them. I mean, not sure we've ever seen them do extended singles runs. So Never. this is no, this no, is, no, they've been pride and powerful since they've come in. This but is new territory for you them. You can be Scorpio Sky, right? You can be Ethan Page. Like figure out, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Right. Like you, if they can figure out something that keeps people interested, even if it's some real life animosity there. Hey, look, it gets them on TV, right? Um, let's talk about Dynamite last night before we go into the Wrestle uh, Wrestle Dream card and predictions, because you said you you quoted at the end of the show on our group chat that it was a very interesting show for you. Like the yeah. word you used was interesting. I want to get to that, um, but my thought about it was uh, on a top line. I didn't. We'll go into some of the individual stuff later. But on the top line, see if you go with me on this. This episode, last night's episode of Dynamite, felt more like a Collision episode than any of the other Dynamites. So Collision does some things that I think are very specific to Collision. Um, But this Dynamite episode seemed to have bleeded in, I think, some of the promos and vignettes and style. Um, It's not collision, but it felt more like a collision theme two hours than previous dynamites, if that makes sense. But I want to hear your take. Why did you use the word interesting? Well, you let me just, I use the word interesting, but I want to quick respond to what you said. I didn't think about it in those terms, but I think you're right. And I think the direct reason it felt a little collision-y was the the fact that Bullet Club Gold had a prominent appearance on Dynamite when that's not hasn't been the regular case lately. Um, so, so, collision so, folks. Yep. so and they even they even did a, a good recap or review of Ricky Starks and and uh, Brian Danielson. Yep. Uh, so I think in those ways you could you could I could see what you're saying. You're great. I'd also yeah. say say so the the vignette, so the righteous uh, vignette mm-hmm. uh, promo, the um, you know even the Adam Cole MJF just like outside of the wrestling room on the boat, like all of that stuff to me kind of gave me more of what Collision is kind of doing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Collision just doesn't because that was certainly thought of as CM Punk's show for the first eight episodes, they are without that. They're obviously without that. Now we don't really know who has taken direct control of that ship. Is it Tony? Is it a mixture of Tony and and Brian Danielson? We've heard a lot of rumors, but whatever direction CM Punk had that pirate ship steered, he's no longer there. So it's going to maybe look and feel a little different. And the fact that it might even create some uniformity if some of the same guys are producing it. But here's why I thought it was interesting. Uh, that I thought that Dynamite top to bottom was, you know, B to B plus, great interactions. Don Callis's, uh segments have been great. Building up to Wrestle Dream had been fantastic. Um, but I think there was, I don't even like, I don't like, I don't like too much criticism. I thought the crowd really brought it down because I think it should have been a more special episode. And I say that because the first, I mean, first of all, let's just say AW has been throwing quite the curveball now because they had the, had the hottest storyline in wrestling. They were 
building it to something and there has likely been a significant wrench thrown into the program with the injury to Adam Cole. So Adam Cole breaks his ankle. Adam Cole hurt his, it broke. He stated he broke his ankle, tore ligaments from his dive off the ramp at Grand Slam, just jumping in to come around to save MJF. We all saw it. You know, when it happened, he landed awkwardly. He was limping the rest of the time. By all accounts, it clearly looked like it was a shoot a injury, a real injury. Um, so we not a, we're not being worked here. You don't think in any way we're being worked. I was surprised when that became such a hot topic. And it had, I think it maybe accelerated at the after, because of the closing of last night's Dynamite, which had even a little bit more mystery to it. And we'll address on that. Yep. But man, because of that, they had to probably rewrite some things. Yep. But Jay White, who and Excalibur did a and Taz did a great job of putting him over yesterday. Jay White was, it, was just like he's just like MJF is definitely a generational talent. Jay Lethal was is probably the was the premier free age free agent next big signing. Definitely got interest. Yeah, switchblade. Jay Lethal, and I love Jay Lethal. Jay, yeah, right. Jay, definitely Jay White, but not Jay, Jay White. Yeah, I love Lethal, but not. So not. I was anticipating that confrontation almost as much as any confrontation in modern wrestling lately was Jay was Jay White coming to AEW and getting in the main title picture with with MJF. Two fantastic talkers, two fantastic wrestlers, two fantastic personalities, and they showcased it last night with a really really, really long segment. Um, the crowd seemed like it was there just to start chance of whatever punchline was sort of said, and that's what they did. Um, when Jay White came out, I wanted a really huge reaction from the crowd. Um, you know, if, if we if, remember, we used to do the pops of the week, that would have been my pop of the week was Jay White coming out because we're gonna get we probably weren't supposed to get it yet, but now because of Cole's injury. That's going to play out in a very different way <laughs> through vignettes. They're going to, you know, we should we should totally bring that back. I forgot about that. Pops of the league. Totally. And um, so really Jay White and MJF, if they're going to have, I think if they lit that fuse last night, let it go because that could be a feud that lasts in the rest of the year. It was, and it really jacked up a notch with the end of the show, which is that part of the show you did or did not see? Did you see the end of I, Dynamite? I know what you're, I know what you're okay. talking about though. Mask men beating up Switchblade. Yeah, some we hadn't seen in a long time. Mask is back, mm -hmm. and so under mm -hmm. normal circumstances, the Devil Mask means MJF. He's the Devil himself, uh, and so right. it wouldn't be a mystery. But for some reason, AEW has built this thing as like, is what do we do with this mystery? Is MJF being set up? Uh, I don't know. And I, uh, I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, when I first when I first saw it, I mean, sometimes, you know, I've consumed so much wrestling that sometimes I don't. I'm not that quick on the on the take to see these things. I I said but when I first saw it, I said, "Oh, MJF has this goon squad, whatever that is." I didn't even think about who they were yet. Um, but there's MJF reminding people that this enormous face turn, he's still the devil. Cool. I didn't quite associate it with even Adam Cole yet until like okay. minutes, okay. minutes, minutes later when I got off, when I got off, you know, started checking social media, it was, that was Adam Cole under the mask and they shared yep. pictures, it shared pictures of 
the mask in Cole's side, the locker room on some previous, you know, um, Oh yeah, this, promo this, together. This is perfect they, for you. This is perfect for you. It sure was. It, it this got is me. A rabbit hole you can go down. It got it got me thinking. Okay, yeah. so what I didn't jump to was Cole was wearing the mask, so he so that injury is a work. I didn't quite take it that way, and I'm okay. hesitant hesitant to run with that. Okay, um, uh, is Cole doing the? Is, is it going to be revealed to be Cole? but is a part of his buddy buddy with MJF until the eventual, I don't think I'm, I'm not sure that Jay white getting roughed up by the squad directly correlates to Cole being conflicted with Roddy and the kingdom. I'm, I'm not sure, but here's the thing. I don't know. I'm totally in for it. How many guys was it? That's it was literally. It was literally. It could be Taven Bennett Strong. Was it three? It was three dudes. Yeah, that's and, and the so and the devil. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Conspiracy theories have got me worked up as well mm-hmm. to the point where I just wanted it, a QR code to show be, up. It's going to be Cole Strong in the Kingdom. Okay. Ultimately, the people that are 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 going to be the biggest threat to MJF, right? Yeah. So this is I've already like I'm there already on that. Which is a shame in a way because I was ready for a Jay White title run, but the way they have MJF booked, uh, it's, it's not happening now. Yeah, now I mean look, I'm okay with all of this right now. I actually really enjoy it. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I was already there on it Cole is somehow going to beat MJF to the to the heel turn. Yes. And he's already got his ready-made crew. Yes. Um, who are putting ready, on like, putting putting on this facade? Yes. 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 So I'm already mm-hmm. there. Sure. So yeah. Then after Me last too. night, where it's like, okay, there's the double again, but I'm looking at it like, oh, that's definitely Roderick uh, in the kingdom beating up Switchblade. But it's all. I think it's all a part of this ultimate, like, you know, Adam Cole figuring this thing out. Now, the question is, and this is a good question, is, one, if Adam Cole is really hurt, like, really can't perform until he comes back, which could be some a while, mm-hmm. you do rush, because that was the thing. Like, I do think, like, Jay White wasn't planned now, yeah. right? So, it's like you rush Jay White, Bullet Club Gold out there. He can really make this thing with MJF work. You start to build up this backstory again with the kingdom and Roderick and Cole and so forth. So, I mean, and it's just how, I guess the question for me, honestly, for this particular one is how much time do you need and how long can the Jay white switchblade story run with MJF? Mm-hmm. Do, does it go all the way to like a, another kind of pay-per-view type thing, but somehow AEW is going to figure. And again, I'm giving AEW a lot of credit. But AEW is going to figure out this long-term kind of stick with yeah. the Kingdom, Roderick, Adam. I just hope they don't call it in too soon. I think the MJF Cole thing is still a really great story. I think you add in like a feud with the Bullet Club Gold is really intriguing as well. Um, I I don't know. I might be the only person in America that's still waiting for like the Cal O'Reilly shoe to drop because it's like, Whenever Kyle O'Reilly gets back and his, you know, I'm sure he's going to be with Cole and Roderick. Yeah. Like, I'm still waiting for all of that to happen, but I am very uh, intrigued and excited. Um, and the other thing is, 
since Bullet Club and Jay White has touched, really touched down in AEW, like really signed and become a permanent fixture, Jay White doesn't take pins. Jay White only right. wins. That's right. That's <laughs> he right. He only wins. He figure out ways to pin, get pins over Andrade. He's got pins. He T- only wins. Tony, Tony has a short list of people that he's can see as world champion in his right. company. Jay White's on that list. He's a, one of the tops, right? Yes. So it's like there's, there's probably there's probably less than four people on that list. Yeah, he doesn't take pins. So it's like, what do you do if you really like got him in a one on one with MJF? I'd be surprised. I don't know what happened. I really yeah. don't know what happened. Because they're so invested and they should be in the in the Cole Kingdom MJF story. Love it. I would just hate if one of the results of that is Jay White just sort of being fodder, as good as he may be, being fodder, be, being, being fodder for for the Cole MJF story. Now, my so, my only fear is that they call it home too fast. I don't want them to call it home mm-hmm. too fast. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is Hey, look, if this is a long-term play with MJF, Cole, Kingdom, Strong, like run it, run it out. You have the potential. It's September going on October. This could be going into the first quarter of 2024. Well, like, yeah, you can you really run this thing out. After Wrestle Dream, I think full gear is like December, maybe, or late no late November. And then they're gonna there was talk about a possible December pay-per-view, but you know, that that model's gonna change Trust- in a few months. Trust this story is all I could. Couldn't couldn't agree more. And ride it out, and let's you know this has the potential to be one of the biggest storylines in wrestling. If you ride it, because right now you're you're there, but if you ride it out, you have a chance. Really mysterious attacks by unknown people is a storyline that I love in wrestling, and I I actually love it too. Yeah. Anything else that stand out uh, from Dynamite before we get into the the card here? Uh, they did a great job setting up Wrestle Dream. You know, yep. li- you know, like AEW style, they didn't have much of a card announced until sort of last second. Um, Common Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, where yep. the NHL Seattle Kraken play, where the WNBA Seattle Storm play. I got family out there. It's an arena built for NBA uh, basketball. For it's inevitable return, so it's a big stadium. They're, I mean, I'm sure they have they're gonna have a lot of it curtained off because as of right now, I've heard just north of seven thousand tickets. Hey man, it's not bad for a show. Um, mm-hmm. they'll get some, they'll get, they'll get hopefully close to nine. I think ten is always their goal for these big shows. Um, they probably won't get quite there, but they'll do good. But what AEW continues to do is put out they. They've if they if they heard any of the criticism about needing good storylines, if you look top to bottom, they have a number of great storylines or, or live storylines with great potential. So, you know, I, I tend not to worry too much about TV ratings. I tend not to worry too much about house show attendance because I'm not paying the bills. It's not my company, uh, and I know it's in, and I know it's not going away anytime soon. So week to week, consistently, AEW still has been outperforming. WWE as far as my entertainment. So kudos to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of things that in my mind that really stood out from dynamite. Um, the, uh, what, Ju- oh, Julia Hartwell and Nightingale. Fantastic match. Julia has continued to impress as a wrestler. Her, char- her character developments. Fantastic. Where she yep. is a great character for her right now. Willow is that they, they are both due for significant, um, additional TV time. 
Julia's going to get it because she's getting that um, TBS t- uh, title match at Wrestle Dream, and yeah, Willow, and, and Willow, and Willow. We love Willow. Um, yeah. What do you? No, what do you? What no do you released. Mean? No released. WWE superstar showed up on Dynamite last night. So no. another no. week. Another week goes by. Although, uh, although an AEW star showed up in WWE this week, as Jade reported to the Performance Center, I'm gl- hey, you know, you know, we say this. Okay. There was, she got a lot of hate this week because people are going to hate for everything online. She got a lot of hate for leaving and showing up in WWE. And kudos to Kenny Omega who put out a post on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, just basically saying, "Hey, you know, you guys. I don't know if you know this or not, but when." Our fellow wrestlers go to other companies. We wish them well and cheer them on and want the best for them. Like that's how this works. Back so he, you know, dropped the fourth wall, but it was a message that I think needed to be said because, you know, good good for Jade who's following her dream. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot obviously there's a lot of tribalism in wrestling. Um, we always talk about how much that kind of bothers us as a show. But the interesting thing about the the Jade thing, and you pointed this out on a number of shows, how kind of overly and profusely grateful she has been to AEW and TK and everyone for giving her a shot. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that is, that is fair. What Omega and those guys did was, was fair. They knew coming from Omega, no one else had to say anything cause he's an executive VP. Everybody knows his role in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's a, a bridge where, Hey, it's the wrestling business three years from now. Jade Cargill could walk right back through AEW's doors, right? right. Like a William Regal, uh, you know, obviously Cody Rhodes. Look at these guys that are kind of bouncing back and forth from one company to another. I think we're going to um, see more of it next year, too. I mean, you know, I again, I've always said this, and I mean it. It's not really a competition until but the, the door swings both ways. Mm-hmm. It's not really, uh, you know, it's a whole – it's actually a level of – establishment for AEW that they can say, look, Cody Rose and Jade Cargill are huge stars. And they, you know, they were over in AEW helped create it, or they got their start there. Those are big deals. I think much bigger than the other way around an established WWE star going to AEW because where else are you going to go? Right. You know what I mean? So I think this is, this gives some more, I think a Jade Cargill, gives so much legitimacy to AEW um, because, again, this is AEW homegrown talent, homegrown discovery, whatever you want to call it. This is not somebody that was in WWE a long time ago, starts AEW and goes back to WWE. This is completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll talk about this as as time goes on. There was some some chatter on X um, about even can WWE – kind of promote two black women stars in a way that's effective. Not saying that Sasha, obviously Bianca and Sasha uh, Banks are both uh, black wrestling stars, but uh, it was very clear in the conversations we were having that a Jade Cargill, Bianca Belair feud is going to have a different tone than uh, even in black culture than Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Hmm. Um, it's just a different, it's just going to be a different tone. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, speaking of which, I guess the, the, well, let's just, let's jump into, let's just jump right into the Russell dream card and then we can backtrack on some of the build up 
Um, because there are some things in the buildup to the Wrestle Dream card, which I do like, that I do find really, really uh, um, interesting, if you will. So let's talk about, I guess, the first match I have on my list. This is not in any particular order. Um, is one of the match this this is one of the issues that I have with AEW. And um just because like TK in his mind knows what a really cool match would be right. and knows like what would be like cool to see, but it doesn't get built up be- in the way that it's supposed to get built up unless you're just a true wrestling nerd. <laughs> and, and you know where I'm going with this. I so do. The Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. match is the top, is, was one of the top ones on our card. As a wrestling kind of nerd, I know this is going to be a very awesome technical wrestling match. You could have put those guys in a main event somewhere and have them go for 60 minutes, and they both could do it. But in regards to AEW storyline, this makes absolutely no sense. Zack Sabre Jr. is not all elite. So in the sense that he's exclusively under AEW contract and work AEW every week. So the idea that this is any more than a novelty one-off that hopefully Danielson gets the pin, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, I don't, I like, I don't know what we're doing here, Uh, but you tell me what you think. This is the, you're right. And, but this is the tribute match to Antonio Inoki, I believe on this card is this, this card is on, was set up in celebration of Inoki who passed on this, on, on the date last year. This would be, Held on, um, Anoki, obviously very influential to Tony Khan, or at least he's presented it that way. Uh, he, hope, he hopes this to be an annual uh, pe- uh, pay-per-view. But uh, yes, you're, you're right. There's been no bill. I mean, this, the two haven't interacted. Daniel's going to wrestle at Collision this Saturday with Zach on commentary. That will be their first you know, face-to-face right. before the match. The tr- a true tip of the cap to nerds everywhere. If you're a 12-year-old kid, who's with his dad, then you guys have become big AEW fans. Nothing crazy. You, 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 you don't know Zack Sabre Jr. You're saying, okay, Excalibur told me this guy is a big star overseas. And, you know, but yeah, this, this is the match, not for the casual wrestling fan, not for the casual AEW fan, even. It's the tribute to you know, p- people like us. That's why I'm excited about it. Um, save the wrestling card. This is the... What is true, though, these are the two of the most technical wrestlers on the planet right now, yeah. two of some of the best wrestlers who have ever done the job. And, yes, uh, for me, I I don't know. I guess it's never happened before. I don't care it's happened before. I know what I'm going to get when I see this, and I'm excited about all Brian Danielson matches these days. Zack Sabre Jr. has been on my radar for a bunch of years. Him and Will Ospreay I've always sort of had together as, like, two guys who I would love to see in WWE before AEW was even created. I said, those are the two top stars from what I know about Japan and Europe, the two that should be over here. I didn't know about uh, Walter, you know, now known as Gunther, didn't know about him, but I've known Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay for years. So I'm excited to see Zack Sabre on American television for AEW um, against BD. And uh, I have Ryan Danielson winning this match, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's no, there's no way that I think Brian Danielson. Oh, I don't see. There's no way. I, th- I think no, Brian. Unless, Danielson, unless, I think, I think BD would be happy to take a loss to Zack Sabre Jr. If the uh, unless, unless this is a start of like a two out of three 
if this is a start of a if this is Dexter like Denver Junior gives you three months in AEW and they can feud, unless this is the start of a feud, if this is a one off, like I think it's going to be right yeah. now, it's mm-hmm. Brian Danielson's not losing this. Country. But it'd be so, you know, coming to the end of the year, it'd be great if Danielson's uh, Zack Saber 2 was in Japan, you know, a few months yeah, from now. You know what? There's, there is a change. I'm still picking Danielson. But the other thing that would make sense is that Ricky Starks interferes. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, you know, calls Daniels in the match and they continue their feud, which is really ramping up. So there is a foil that could come. Big Bill and Ricky Starks could foil Brian Danielson, but that's the like that would be the only way that this match yeah. ends without Brian Danielson. Since I, yeah, since I don't know long term plans, don't know what Zach Saber's contract is with anybody, I'm going to say in a, in a classic, you know, it's going to get a five star match. Daniel I, yeah, I do not think it's gonna be a five star match. No, no I'm predicting it's gonna be stars. a good match, but okay. I, like, uh, maybe wrestling nerds would be like, "Oh, it's gonna be." Meltzer's Meltzer's gonna give it five. Yeah, we'll see. That's my that's my we'll prediction. See. We'll see. What's next? Um, one that a match a match on the card that I didn't know I needed. I do enjoy the build up, uh, but it is uh, Swerve Strickland versus Adam Hangman Page. Yeah, they're trying Earth to make... featuring the ever popular Prince Nana, who apparently is really growing in popularity due to his dance. Due to one dance, yeah. Uh, this they're putting a lot of emphasis in this because it's sort of the contract signing kind of closed the show uh, last night, and there was the the only thing you remember basically from last week's collision was an, that epic promo the two of them had, and they had sort of another one last night. Um, I'm going to agree right now with my friend on Twitter, our friend, friend of the show, Matt Kuhn at Matt Kuhn Music. He's a amazing wrestling mind. He's a like thinker, like fan of AW, like us. He is he is down right now on the way Adam Page is being presented because it makes Adam Page look exactly what Swerve is kind of calling him out to be, which is soft and kind of weak and not with his head in the game. And I think that's actually, I think that's actually happening. And I don't think that's a good spot for Adam page to be in. So um, this feud is now starting to, is really helping. It's supposed to, it's going to end up helping swerve a lot more than page. Um, however, yeah, page will be just fine. He's always going to be considered a top name in AEW, but I think, this hasn't been a great look for Page the last few weeks. Maybe that's the point to elevate Swerve even more. But I do have Swerve winning this match because he has taken the lion's share of the sort of betters of the two in their confrontations. So my my fandom for Swerve and Prince Nana is growing, and I'm picking Swerve in this one. Yeah, I'm picking Swerve as well. I feel like they've actually found something. took a long time for me personally. Mm-hmm. But I think they found something with mobile, mobile and mogul and uh embassy embassy I enjoy, I enjoy it i enjoy prince nana he's getting his own kind of moment now as well um and we're, let's take him behind the curtain with another friend of our show uh will washington is now writing <laughs> doing some writing and work uh for AEW creative yep. Yep. uh everyone's a big fan of swerve in that sense so um i'm gonna go with swerve as well and i do think this hopefully kind of elevates swerve to a newer uh, a higher level it's something where he came in AEW, everybody thought he was going to be this really, really big deal. And AEW has a way of stalling out new talent 
I don't. I mean, even if they kind of want them to be big talent, they have a way of stalling out kind of the new hotness. And I think Swerve is is figuring out his footing now with the uh, Mogul Embassy, and I think he gets a win. I think he moves on and starts, you know, starts some really. And 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 like you said, Adam Page doesn't need it. Um, Adam Page has had some, you know, last. I don't know, year, two years, Adam Page has had some really, really big-time, prime-time matches. And he'll, have a, and he'll have a big run next year, but... Yeah, the um, rivalry with Mox, all kinds of stuff. So just give this one a swerve. I'm with you. Swerve takes this one. Yep. All right. AEW World Tag Team Championships. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Aussie Open versus FTR. Pretty, I mean, solid enough build-up. Um, you know... They're yes. starting to like Aussie Open's an interesting Aussie Open's an interesting tag team in regards to where they are in AEW's landscape. They're not FTR, they're not the Young Bucks, they're not the Lucha Brothers, they're not the Acclaim, but they've been kind of slowly building up kind of a reputation of, of, of being t- they're like a better best friends, like a better Trent and Chucky e. T. Yeah, I agree. And they came I mean, in. They came in with Osprey really high, you yeah. know, p- profiled. They were the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions that FTR yeah. beat when the when FTR was holding all the gold, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, they're really uh, accomplished. But I mean, uh, I, I, they, to me, they haven't had a signature like Aussie Open signature win, right? No, they really haven't, um, and they've actually been on a losing streak lately to raise my eyebrows of like, why is AEW using Aussie open like this? Um, what's only thing that surprised me about this is the way this one's being hyped is FTR might face their toughest competition yet in Aussie open. I have felt like FTR has owned Aussie open since yeah. Aussie open has showed up. So yeah. um, it, it makes it interesting to see if they're going to go somewhere else with those tagging titles, but I, I don't think that'll happen. I think FTR continues their streak. I'm not sure what Aussie Open does after this, but um, yeah, I don't see Aussie Open suddenly after kind of losing in some of these matches they've had on TV the last month or two that they're suddenly now the tag team champions. Um, and I and you know there is another match in the card to determine a future tag team title match. So depending on what situation we should do that one next, um, you know, for now I'm going to say FTR, but. Uh, I got to look at that that 12, 10-man tag team match coming up um, later on the card to maybe think about a storyline which would make sense for Aussie Open to win. But I've got FTR. I assume you do too. Yeah, I've got FTR. And I and I don't have a um, I don't have a storyline in that, that four-way tag match for Aussie Open to win. But it's it's the Young Bucks versus Bullet Club Gold. The Guns, uh, Lucha Brothers are in there, Orange Cassidy and Hook. And the interesting thing is, I mean, given what we know about how all this stuff is kind of set up, I'm going to be really surprised if Orange Cassidy and Hook don't win. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yes, exactly right. You're going with OC and Hook. Okay. Like, you know, their, their faces, FTR faces. AW sometimes has no problem putting face teams, you know, against each other. But, you know, Aussie Open – somehow getting the titles of FTR, if you want OC and Hook to be the next tag team champions, that's a face beating a, a you know, a heel team. That traditionally makes more sense. Um, you so, can go with it, but I'm not. <laughs> no, yeah, okay, okay. Um, looking at this, you know, 
I can, there are definitely some folks I know aren't going to win it. If you're going to go OC and hook, which I think is highly likely, yep. I'm going to go guns. Okay. Cause I think it's, it, they may be one to put all the gold on bullet club gold and you got to start somewhere. So that is as good as any, they've had the tag team titles before, yeah, but they weren't, they, they weren't, they weren't in this, they haven't been elevated with this bullet club. So I'm going to go the guns against my better judgment. And I'm not a huge Guns fan, although I do appreciate them more now they have uh, the Juice and Jay rub. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a smart pick. I, I don't think you're going to put on the Bucks or the Lucha Brothers. No. So I no. think it's one of the two of them that, that win it. OC and Hook are probably not going to be a tag team, right? So you give the you give the shot. Because, again, this is not for a belt. This is for a shot at the belt. Mm-hmm. You give a shot of the belt to the Guns, and maybe they go over – uh, FTR or all the open in the future. Um, I mean, my thing is, I think FTR just keeps it, and so you, yeah, you go with OC and Hook because that's like they're the cool, feel good. They usually don't lose, and then um, you know you have them go up against the the tag uh, tag champs, but it's still not a it's not a lengthy thing. You know what I mean? They're not a tag team. Sure, sure. But it's I think it's kind of cool to see. And just a um, side note, something we need to mention earlier. OC and Hook are traditionally the two legit wrestlers that you associate with Danhausen. So at some point down the road, when Danhausen returns, I love it. It could, it could be with OC and Hook. I'm not saying I'm not saying he comes to Seattle; he won't be there. But anytime I think of Hook or OC, I think, oh, we're closer. Every day is closer to when Danhausen returns. <clears throat> Let's talk uh, our favorite wrestler, yours and mine. Our favorite technical wrestler in AEW, Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston made some news this week uh, outside of AEW by announcing because he's got the uh, in uh, the New Japan Strong title. Open, open weight, yeah. Yeah, he's got the open weight title, and he's got the uh, Ring of Honor title that he would no longer be doing any indies. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really strange announcement, especially coming from Eddie. Then I found out. Eddie was booked on several indies. Yeah. And in and, and some of those indies, like the Defy card was a really big card and Eddie was booked on it in a prominent spot. So he had to make the announcement and kind of let people know that he had made this decision so his body could heal and he's not going to do these indies uh, at the behest. So he did make some news because a couple of those indie promotions were very upset. Sure. Um, and they released statements basically saying, hey, look, Eddie's living his dream. We wish him the best. But we're really disappointed for our audience and we'll find a replacement, yada, 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 yada. Uh, Eddie's in a match with Shibata, Ring of Honor. Uh, both titles are on the line. Um, yeah, so what happens if Shibata wins? He gets both of Eddie's titles? Is both it? of Eddie's titles, yes. So someone's walking out a three-time, a three-time champ. Absolutely. However, I think it's going to be Eddie. I think Eddie just got the title. I think it's going to be Eddie's run for a little while here. Um, and I do not think, uh, given uh, you know, given what we know and, and where we are in kind of Eddie's career, I do not think he's going to give it up to uh, give up all the belts to Shabbat at this moment. I think he runs at least to the end of the year. So I'm going Eddie Kingston over Shabbat. As much as high as I am on Shibata and anyone who watches wrestling should be, is fantastic. Uh, I think the story in place in these glory times of Eddie Kingston is you stack as much gold on him as he can handle, and yeah. he's gonna, you know, and, and you know, he's gonna heal up. He'll he'll go to Japan and he'll put that title. He'll put his title that he has 
on someone else's shoulders, you know, that's due in New Japan. But for now, for for TV optics for AEW right now and whatever partnership they have, this is great for all sides because it'll get it'll get Eddie back to Japan at some point. Um, and he's 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 in the big time right now. Um, yeah. and it's great. I want to see I want to see Eddie Kingston draped in gold. So that's where I'm going to. Yeah, I mean he deserves it. Hey, look, this is for he sure. deserves it. And uh, you know, more power to him. I'm a little interested in Shibata. Like, I'm assuming Shibata's all elite, but it doesn't seem like he's on a lot of cards outside of these big ones. It's probably one of those like I think he's he's kind of like guys who lean in more ring of honor. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what his stats in Japan, but yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah. He's not on the dynamites, the collisions, and the rampage very much. Nope, 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 no. He's sort of like you know, Mizuro Suzuki had a long run for a while. He was on, yeah, semi regularly. Shibata's sort of on that track right now, and then he'll disappear for a while. I'm sure. Interesting. Uh, let's talk about you'd mentioned her earlier. Julia Hart's on quite a run. Great character development. She's getting better in the ring. I would not say she's good but she's getting better in the ring mm-hmm. um they called out after the after the win uh you know brody king gets the mic brody king does the talking for her yep. which i actually like it's kind of cool mm-hmm. uh and says they want statlander they booked it for uh wrestle dream uh does look like she's gonna be the sacrificial lamb in my mind but i, I mean what do you do julia hart i don't think she wrestled this is just me I don't think she's a good enough wrestler to carry the belt, the TBS title, especially how prestigious is that title has been in AEW history. I think Stat's the right person to have it right now. Uh, but, you know, build up a good match. Stat, I, I think Stat wins somehow and retains and kind of keeps that title streak going. But, you know, stranger things have happened. I'm going to go with Statlander. What about you? Hart has been on this, like, 25-match winning streak. Um that they've been touting for weeks. Her entrances are becoming kind of, and her just overall character is becoming slowly but surely must see TV on, on Wednesdays. Ooh, I, or, think that, I think that's strong. Oh, I, Oh, I think just from mm. the, some of the social media, well, then we disagree mm. on this. I think she's becoming one of the hotter acts uh, with great, one of the with, only acts with great help from Brody King and the yeah, house. I think of she's Black. one of the only, I don't think they have any, we talked about this, but I think she benefits from an extremely weak creative on women's wrestling. One. They well, don't they don't yeah, have to. They've I, got great talent over there. I but I think she she is benefits from a I don't I don't disagree. I think, you know, what I think they're I'm I'm not sure if they're sort of just going right now for oh well you know I can't put any more thought into this. So sex sells. There's mm-hmm. nothing to suggest they should do it that way and they shouldn't do it that way. There is nothing wrong with Chris Statlander. She's one of my favorites. She's great. I don't know if though if from when when I when I'm watching wrestling when I'm watching AW now, I'm getting the sense of they're putting a in, increasing emphasis on Julia Hart as this sort of dark, mysterious creature. The winning the winning streak, the consistency she's been on, um, getting a win over um, Willow. Willow is is huge. Uh, the way I'm looking at it, Statlander's done great. Um, as sort of been the you know has took the title off Jade Cargill. Um, she I, I think she connects fine with the fans. I think she can uh, she connects above average. I think there is something about 
Julia Hart's presence and character presentation right now that they are running with. And I think Julia Hart is going to be your TBS champion leading right. Seattle, Washington. No, I, I like the uh, divergence there. I'm going to give it a stat. You're going to give it to Hart. I like it. Just sort of weird that, you know, that this 25 match long winning streak that they've really sold just sort of disappears out on her first style defense. If you're giving sort of this, like the house always wins mantra, the house always wins. The house is going to win the title when she wants it. So I think that's maybe how they're presenting it. Anyway, that's I can my. See that. I can see that they really banked on that house is always win. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing they let Julia Hart stay. That's right. Let her talk. Exactly. Um, exactly. But you know, I, you know, I'll be interested to see. I think Stats too much of a hot property in AEW right now, just to have her drop the title. Uh, maybe you build a something happens. It builds the rivalry more. But I, I don't. I don't think she drops it. We'll we'll see. Uh, speaking of a match with no titles, it should be on the zero hour. I hope it's on the zero hour. Um, speaking of zero hour, hosted by uh, Renee and RJ City, mm, um, our friend RJ City, love him. Um, kind of weird thrown together last night. Yuta and Ricky Starks. I actually really love what they're doing. Ricky Starks. Uh, Ricky Starks is, you know, in a feud with Danielson. He he seems to lose every time, but feels like he wins. It's kind yeah. of this weird morph of like reality. Mm -hmm. It's like by all wrestling standards, he loses. But then he does these promos like, "You didn't pin me, so I won." I'm like, "What? This doesn't make any sense." He survived. He survived. I, yeah, that was right. last night. He like, yeah, he didn't lose. He survived. And I'm just like, "What the what the hell?" Um, but I do think that you know, will will Wheeler Yuta will be a great foil yeah. for him to go over, get back, get his legs back, get back in the win column. So, Team Ricky Starks over here. I agree. I think Ricky gets on the gets on the win board for this. Yuta is the one who sort of takes losses for the BCC and gets beaten up by the BCC because of it. Um, so I think that is going to happen again. Yeah, I I agree. I think that I think Yuta's taking the loss. It'll be a great match because both those guys are amazing. Bigger news about Wheeler Yuta is it was announced that Wheeler Yuta is going to appear for Virginia Championship Wrestling in Norfolk on their like this on their like December second show. I you think I got the belt. I think I might have those dates wrong, but they are going to have Yuta, and I think it's the same card actually that Nyla Rose is going to be on too. So I saw shout, Nyla was be on. shout out to Virginia Championship Wrestling getting two AEW uh, give, you know regu regular full time stars. Give them um, both belts. Yeah, maybe we'll take the show on the road in December. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Don Callis family mm -hmm. taking on, uh, I guess it's Omega, Ibushi, and Jericho. Is that what it is? So Takesha, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay versus Omega, uh, Ibushi, and Chris Jericho. They wind up beating up Ibushi in Tokyo. I actually enjoyed that segment quite a bit. I did, I did too. <clears throat> Made me wonder like when it was filmed, like when they makes did me, that. It makes they, me laugh. Yeah, makes yeah. Me laugh. Um, also it makes me wonder, like, where the hell do these guys go? Like, I guess, like, mm -hmm. when they're not on their kind of schedule, like, when they have, like, their kind of, you know, their Monday, Tuesday off or whatever, like, like, I can't imagine, like, people being like, I'm going to fly to Japan for 48 hours and fly back. Uh -huh. But I don't know, because, again, if you're looking at the other company, if you're looking at the WWE system, there's a lot of folks that report to, uh, the performance center when they're off, they're there kind of every day putting in work. Right. There's people that are like, that's in Orlando, like NXT's down there. You know what I mean? It's just a lot. 
And I, and you know what I thought, you know what, you know what really made me think about this was, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe it was like two weeks ago. Becky Lynch was on Raw in like Denver or somewhere, mm-hmm. and then she was like winning the title in Orlando live the next. So it was like like these. Th- I know I know airfare and jets and private jets. I get it. Yeah, but I was just like, what the hell? This person's in like the Midwest you know, Mountain West one day and then has to be in Orlando, Florida, the next wrestling for like a title. I'm like, what, what do these people do? Like a Jade Cargo was one that always seemed to be in like, you know, you'd see her on Instagram at like a rap concert and like Lord knows where. And then mm-hmm. like, so it's, anyway, I digress, but they beat up Ibushi in Japan. Um, the Don Callis family, Sammy is now like getting extreme, not quite Christian Cage Don Mysterio heat, but close. They kind of did a thing yeah, last night. Callus Cal- Cal- is getting it, really. <laughs> right. It, but they kind of did a thing last night, if you noticed, where it was like Sammy takes the mic and they try to like boo him down mm-hmm. so he can't get words out. Very Don Mysterio, uh, Dominic Mysterio ish. So I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, but I really don't know who wins this match at this point in the rivalry. So I'm going to go ahead and say give one to the bad guys, which is uh, Takeshka. What does what Don Callis call him? The Alpha? Uh, the Alpha, Takeshka, yeah. yeah. Takeshka, Sammy Guevara, Will Ospreay. I mean, this has to keep going. So Don Callis family, let's give him one for me. Uh, yes, I think that's probably where it's going to end up. I guess the most thing I'm most excited about is not like a Jericho Guevara stare down. It's not a uh, – Takeshka Abushi, you know, it's not retribution for Abushi to uh, from the attack. It's the chance to see Omega and Osprey. Anytime those two have a chance to go at it, to see them, that's what I think the crowd's going to pop the most. Yeah, for. That, that's when they'll pop when they when they square off right forehead, forehead in the ring and start doing the stuff that they've always done. They're going to fall back into this like you know Walt Frazier and Pearl Monroe. Like they they know each other so well that their spots are going to be amazing. That's where the pop comes in, but like you know, you got to throw the other guys in there. I do <laughs> like I do like what they're doing with the Don Callis family. I, I, I do, do too. Like I do. I do too. Um, I didn't think, didn't think I'd like Don Callis ex- an extended stay in AEW when he was mostly an Impact guy, but I do. I think he's a great sort of talker for a faction. You know, um, AEW doesn't have a lot of you know people like Don Callis, but it's great and it works. They used um, to. You know, the funny part is they used to. They used to have uh, who's my guy, American Top Team. Yeah, Dan, 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 somebody, Camp yeah. Campbell. Yeah, yeah, they, but they had a bunch of mouthpieces, and you mm-hmm. notice they slowly got rid of them. Yeah, they did. They, they had did. Smart Mark Stoling. They had Stokely. Mm-hmm. They had, uh, like I said, Dan Campbell. They had they had a bunch of mouthpieces, and that was one of the things that at early on was a AEW kind of staple. Like, hey, we're going to bring back the role of the manager and the valet. Yeah. And for whatever reason, tw- they started rolling that back. There are less and less mouthpieces. Uh, you know, there are just yeah. less of them. Yeah, Callis is, is a good one to hang Callis on. Callis is a great one. Callis he's is a great one. He's a, he's a good leader of these guys. And it's also helpful because of, I'm um, sure, the language barrier with Takeshka that he's that he sticks around too. But could, could it, really, so excited for Guevara, who gets to share the ring with like, some of the best talent in the world. Um, kind of just shows that he's he still has a bright future ahead of him. Again, big follower of his blogs. He's about to be a father. So 
continuous good things happening for Sammy, which is a good thing for us too. And, and a natural heel. He's he's where he needs to be. Totally. Um, let's talk about best out of three falls match. Uh, this is the ninth match in the card. Is this the last match? Or it, the is ten not, ma- it is not the last match. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long pay-per-view again. Yeah, it's going to be long. But this one I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, not because of Darby Allen, of course, but because of my homie Christian Cage, <laughs> uh, who I think – is doing some of the best work I've ever seen because I love the guy so much. Uh, nothing as awesome as him, like, you know, stealing the title off Luchasaurus, which I just thought was genius. And, com- love, and, and completely acting like this is exactly, I mean, what, do you, what are y'all uh, saying? Of course I'm the champion, yeah. I love these guys so much. Uh, you know, Darby is Darby. I think they'll put in really great matches. Uh, I just hope in my heart of hearts, I hope Christian Cage retains, so I'm going to go with Christian Cage. Because I actually do think he's, if not, like, if if the MJF storyline, which I think it is, the MJF Adam Cole is, like, the best storyline in AEW, possibly one of the better ones in wrestling, I think this Christian Cage Luchasaurus, like, is as good as, like, anything we're seeing, like, it rivals to me what Dominic Mysterio is doing on the other on WWE. Cage was calling out all the dead and missing relatives of Darby Allen yesterday. Whoa. That's definitely been his MO. It was it was great. Um, this sit down last night with Jr. was fantastic. Unfortunately, you know, the the, the you know, one downside of last night was, according to Tony Khan, it was on Turner's side that had significant audio issues, which were kind of throughout the show last night. And it really came through during this interview. There was a lot of audio disturbance, which didn't pick up some of the you know key key lines that were said. You sort of heard it all throughout the night. Did you experience that when you were watching it? Some of these bl- cutouts and audio no, glitches. No, happening? I only saw the replays, so I think they might have cleaned it up online. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, live there were a few, so so much so that uh, Tony Khan had to you know put a tweet out last night apologizing for it. It was it was on it was a little a few too many. It makes you wonder, like, man, how could how I mean, if it's if it's Turner's fault, then it's nothing in the AEW production of it. But it's just like it's a bummer that a show that needs to kind of like consistently put on really great shows is having audio issues. Feels like a little bit of an unforced error. But it's despite that, um, yeah, my my thought would be, oh, you got to give the guy a title win in his hometown. The good babyface is going to come out on top to send the fans home happy. That's happened before. As Alan referenced last night, he's won the, the TBS title or TNT title in Seattle before. Yep. So I don't think he has to win it again. And I think he gets screwed and Cage uh, love it. walks away. Love it. I love it. Um, so I think the last match I do have, it's not the main event. I think we're out of order a bit. But MJF takes on the Righteous in a handicap match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. This could be the last match of the evening because if they do it and a shenanigans ensues, Mm -hmm. this is a great great kind of moment for shenanigans, right? The the, the champion taking on two, uh, you know, I think they've done a really good job about kind of building up the Righteous. We haven't seen them wrestle a lot. They're Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor guys. We haven't seen them wrestle a lot on AEW TV. But I think the vignette last night, some things that are really good. And if they do, like I said, if they do make this the last match of the evening, it does lend AEW a lot of latitude for shenanigans, future storytelling, mask men, mystery beat-ups. There's a whole bunch here. Mm -hmm. Uh, For whatever reason, I think MJF keeps the belt. 
uh, I don't think you dropped a belt. Yeah, uh, uh, I agree. I think MJF taking a loss or a, uh, especially a pin in any scenario right right now is a bad idea. So somehow I think he does do that. I think there will be some shenanigans. My guess is the 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 hooded figures from from last night. They're gonna keep for, you know, I guess this is still an AEW exclusive pay per view. But I was thinking like this just has more because of the Anoki connection. Like maybe it doesn't feel enti- entirely AEW yet. I think they're gonna save the building of that up for dynamites and collisions for the next few weeks. So. Adam Cole, I think, will be involved if he can if he can physically be there. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I think there will be some shenanigans, something that will tease. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I think MGF will get his double kangaroo kick on both Righteous Brothers and somehow pull off the victory again with with some assistance from be it the devil or Adam Cole or who knows. But um. Yeah, I'd be surprised if this went on last, even though you want to have sort of your signature star go on last. But if it does, um, good for the Righteous Brothers. Keep them, keep pumping them on TV because I'll I'll take more of that. Those two were um, big talents. Um, two of the, those two guys were almost head to WWE, and it was suspected for a while that they were with WWE and were two of the men under the Firefly Funhouse costumes when Bray returned. Little known fact. Remember, remember that when Bray returned and the human costumed animals were in the crowd, it was rumored that the righteous were two of them and they were going to make their debut as part of the new Wyatt family. Did not end up happening. Um, but they found a home in Ring of Honor and now they're going to be vying for the titles. And I think they're going to get them, just not on Sunday. All right. So there we have it. We've made all the predictions we can. Again, it's always a long prediction show, which means it's going to be an even longer pay-per-view. But we do have Rampage before that. We have Collision before that. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of AEW wrestling hours in the middle of, you know, football season, in the middle of, you know, fall, back to school. There's a lot going on. And AEW is giving you a lot of manpower wrestling hours. Um, and a lot of just different things. Like, like again, the shows to me do feel distinctly different. Yep. Um, they haven't figured out like I don't know if they figured out how to make the pay per views feel different yet. Like, but I know Collision, Rampage, Dynamite, all are kind of different feeling shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I'm I I wasn't excited as much about WrestleGame. I you know I've been very transparent. I thought all in, all out was a bit much in regards to how quickly they did the turnaround. I kind of ate my words. I thought all out was phenomenal, um, and all in was what it was. Uh, you know, obviously a great show, Wembley Stadium. But I thought for seven day turnaround and coming back and giving you all out, I thought they did a really good job. I'm starting to like even more the creative around a lot of these storylines and a lot of these buildups. I feel like they are. Uh, whether it was Punk's influence or not, I really do feel like they're laying tracks for better storylines. I do think AEW is being rewarded in many ways with the ratings and and some of the things that are, are, are happening um, in regards to, you know, Grand, Grand Slam at All-Star Stadium. 
think was the highest watched the, the Wednesday show. I think was the highest watched uh, show of the year for them. So I think they're doing some really, really good things. Um, I think they got the right champion right now. I think uh, is the right champion right now. Um, so uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Sunday, man. I, I think AEW is. We were all we're always talking about like tracks. Are they on the right track? Are they on the wrong track? They weathered this uh, termination of CM Punk, I think, extremely well weather-wise. Agreed. Um, they've got to weather this uh, Adam Cole injury if it's real. They've got to weather this in the midst of Adam Cole being a major, major player in the in the biggest storyline that they have. But if they can, you know, if they can get Switchblade. They can get the masked man with the group. They can continue this kind of. I, I think they're. I think they're doing some things that really impress me, man. I agree, hundred percent. And I'm, I'm cheer. I'm cheering for them. I, we both, we, two of us, definitely want them to succeed. And you know, there are attendance numbers to worry about. There are viewer numbers to worry about. But that's not for that's not for the wrestling fan to worry about. Um, the wor- wrestling fan needs to worry about finding enjoyment out of the product, cheering on the wrestlers. And you know, hoping that it, it, you know, gives you the fix that you need because everyone needs a wrestling fix if you're a wrestling fan. And AEW is doing it for me, kind of week in and week out right now. So I just want them to continue what they're doing, and they're entertaining me. Absolutely. All right. So before we get out of here, I just got to give one big shout out to my own hometown, Baltimore Orioles, where as we speak, yeah, clinched the American League East. Believe it or not, the O's. If you had that at the beginning of the season, mm. uh, there you go. Uh, a lot of you know as well, and, and Eli might behind you might be excited. Uh, there's another big – in Richmond, Virginia, there's another big card show at Regency Square Mall Saturday morning. Starts at 9 a.m. So there you go. We're gonna, we'll try to hit that after we go to my nephew's uh, travel team game, which will be at J.R. Tucker High School on Saturday morning. A-R-T. Go Blue Ridge Elite, who will take the field. Um, but yeah, card show afterwards, absolutely. Reading Chief Square, love it. There you go. Hey, thanks uh, to everyone listening out there. Follow us on YouTube, on Facebook. Our pages are Wrestling Chat with Friends, the group. And definitely follow us primarily on X, formerly known as Twitter, WCWF Pod, uh, EAJRVA for me on Twitter. Um, follow Cheats, follow us, tell a friend. Let's uh, let's get more eyes on the product and keep on going. Let's do it. And uh, R.I.P. Brooks Robinson. All right, man. That's definitely. Uh, we're out of here. Uh, right. We're going to count it up. Yep, let's do it. One, One two, two, three. Three, ring that bell. Until next time.